uh, um, part of the story of, of Jesus that's, that's recorded, uh, just a historical account of, of uh, when he was live here on earth. It was a, there was a scenario which was it's pretty wild, really. He, uh, he ended up very purposefully making, making a, a whip, and he went into the, the temple area, and uh, when he went into the temple area, Jesus went in there, and the Bible says that he began to, to turn uh, these tables over. They, 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 turned, they turned the temple area into uh, basically a, a money exchange and a commodity exchange, and uh, they, were, they were selling the, the, the animals in there that, they, that people had, were required at that time to use for, for the sacrificial, for the offerings, they were selling the animals in there for, for inflated uh, price with, with temple currency, and uh, they were given a bad exchange on the money. You know, sometimes uh, when we, we go to foreign countries and we take dollars, you know, if, if, you, get, if you exchange them at the airport, man, they, 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 they can nail you pretty hard there because they see people that are desperate for, for, you know, for cash currency of that country, and uh, they can rip you off, you know. And that's what was going on there in, in, uh, in the temple, is evidently, you know, they were, they were really taking advantage of people uh, because that was the system at that time. They, had, they, 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 uh, they bought offerings, animals uh, to, to offer, and, uh, and it was a picture of, through that sacrifice, um, to cover their sins. And, and, it, and it, was, it, was, it was something that, uh, that was really to picture the one ultimate sacrifice which Jesus did for us uh, to, to, to ultimately cover all of our sins. But so Jesus was very upset about what was going on in there, and uh, and and you see him, you know, really in in character that you don't normally see him in. And he goes in, and and we know that Jesus never did anything wrong. So obviously this was justified indignation, and he drove those you know those shysters out of there, and uh, and he cleaned house, house there in the temple. And he said uh, something interesting. You know, he said you've you've turned. My, you've turned my house from a house of prayer. Now, if you think about prayer, is about trusting God, isn't it? It's about faith in God. I mean, why would you pray unless you, you know, you're trusting that He hears you and that He works through prayer and that He's some, somebody that you would turn to in need? And so, really, they turned they turned the temple from a place of trusting God to as Jesus said to a den of thieves. They they they, they changed into a den of thieves, and so that's really the opposite of faith. The opposite of faith is, um, is, is working on your own to, uh, to get what you think you deserve and what you need instead of trusting God for it, right? That's the opposite of faith. And uh, you know, uh, in the passage we're going to look at today, it says that the love of money is the root of all evil. And, you know, many, many uh, uh, people have just become, uh, you know, like we said, scammers, shysters, taking advantage of others. Uh, because they don't have any relationship with God. They're not trusting God in their life, so they just find means of which to, you know, to pilfer for themselves. And if you look here, and so obviously Jesus took that very seriously. And it wasn't that he was against the temple, right? And, and, and we, we do live in a time, you know, when we've seen a lot of situations where, where churches, like in the name of, you know, even saying that they represent God, have taken advantage of people. And have have uh, have really robbed people of their money. You know, there's places that say, you know, um, 
you know, send, send in a hundred bucks and we'll send you a, a, a special little prayer cloth that'll give you a blessing and everything will go good for you for a week or something. I mean, I'm, I'm just, you know, something along that lines. I mean, that, those type of things actually happen. And uh, there's ministries that, are mul that have built, you know, multi-million dollar, uh, you know, structures and, and have gotten their own private airplanes and everything else all under the name of, uh, of, of the church. And sometimes people see that and they say, well, you know, I don't want anything to do with church then. If that's what it's all about, you know, if that's just a, it's just a big thing to just get everyone's money off of them, then I don't want anything to do with that. Right? You, ever heard such, you ever thought along those lines? I mean, you've seen people that have been turned off to church because of that? And you can't blame them, really. But Jesus, it wasn't like he was, he wasn't against the temple. He was against what the temple there had been turned into. In fact, a couple of days later, you actually see him in the temple teaching there. So he wanted it to be a house of prayer, dependence upon the Lord. Um, and, uh, and, and, and it was a, a place for teaching and for promoting godliness. What he was upset at was the way that it was being used. And I believe that Jesus is just as upset because he, you know, he, he died for the church. He bought the church. He's invested in the church. It says that he will continue to build what? His church, right? And so believe me, if there's people that are using, you know, the church to rob others and to take advantage of others, Jesus sees that. And he would, with just as much indignation, you know, ultimately deal with them today. So why hasn't, why hasn't he done that? Well, you know, I think those money changers have gotten pretty used to and pretty comfy in what they were doing there for quite a while. Ultimately, they were dealt with, right? And, uh, and Jesus will, uh, will, will deal with, with, with people in his time and in his way. Uh, don't worry about that. But if you see here in uh, Ephesians chapter 2, um, it says there, and if you look at verse 7, look at verse 7. It says that in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding, what's the, what's the next word there? Riches of his, what? Of his grace. And so God is a God of grace. And grace means that he is willing to bestow to others that which they haven't necessarily deserved or earned. Right? And, and, and so it says here that God is a God of riches and he's also a God of grace. Now that is, that's a really good thought there. Because it would be wonderful if God was gracious, but if he didn't really have anything to offer in his grace, then that would come up empty, right? Um, hey, you know, somebody might be the most giving person in the world, but if they don't have anything to give, then, you know, then uh, well, what good would that do? But Jesus, but the Lord, not only is he gracious, but he is, he, he's bountiful in riches, and, and he wants to, he wants to if, if you look at, at the concept of the, of the gospel, it's all about God out of what is truly valuable, out of what is truly valuable, him having a heart to bestow that uh, to those in need. And, and so it says there, exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness towards us through Christ Jesus. Now look at this verse. For by, what's the next word? For by grace, there it is again. That which is not earned or deserved, but is, but is still uh, graciously extended. For by grace are you saved through faith. And so that is, uh, um, uh, faith is depending upon the Lord for His, grace, His gracious enabling, or His, His gracious uh, fulfillment of that which is needed. All right. So what does faith do? It accesses God's grace. As we trust God's word, as we believe in God's word, as we, if, if, we, if we take to heart God's word, then that, that accesses his grace, his, his, his uh, ex extension of what he wants to, uh, to, to give to us. 
For by grace are you saved uh, through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the it is the gift of God. Now you see, God is a is a giver. God's a giver. And when he, he, he desires when people think of him and that which represents him, he wants people to think of, of that which is graciously given, not that which has to be bought or paid for or, or, or in some way you know, has to be, be earned in uh, a way that maybe would be overwhelming and someone might feel like they could never accomplish. And, and so when it comes to the gospel... Uh, God wants us to think in terms of His giving heart. He's a giver. Now, you know, the Bible has a lot to, it does have a lot to say about riches and about money. It has a lot to say about that. And, uh, and we are going to look at, we're, we're doing a study right now in 1 Timothy chapter 6, and we're headed there. Um, but uh, when it comes to, to the main message about what any biblical church should be about, it should, it should be about showing the heart of a giving God. For God so loved the world that He gave. He gave. It, it, it's not something that has to be performed for. It not, it's not something that we have to measure up to. It's not something in some way we have to work to gain. The Bible says out of His heart, He wanted to give us. Out of the kindness of His heart, He wants to give us that which is our, our greatest need. For by grace are you saved through faith. And it says so clearly there, and that not of yourselves it is a gift of God. And then it says this in verse 9, not of works, lest any man should boast. In other words, the Bible teaches us, because God is a giver, He provided something for us uh, that He ultimately would get all the credit and glory for. He's God. He's the gracious benefactor. He deserves the glory. He deserves all the credit. And, uh, and man, of course, we, we kind of feel like, okay, you know, um, I need to earn this. I, I, need to, I need to pay for this myself. I need to in some way accomplish this in order to deserve this. But the Bible says here, not of works, lest any man should boast. None of the glory is to be, is to be taken from the Lord. He's the one that made full provision for it. The Bible very clearly says here, for by grace are you saved through faith. It's, it's trusting in what he already provided, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. And so it's a, it's a grievous thing. We saw it to Jesus. I mean, the one time we see him out of character, what's going on there? Well, they're, it's, it's like they're, 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 selling, they're selling favor with God, right? That's what was going on. They were trying to sell favor with God. They were saying, if you pay this price and you can get this thing that gives you favor with God. That's what they were doing. And Jesus looked at that and he said, that is, a, that is a perversion. That's a perversion of what this is supposed to be all about. This is supposed to point to uh, this to be the house of dependence upon God, the house of prayer. What is prayer? Prayer is us realizing that we have a need, right? Why do we pray? We realize we have a need, and we go to God with that need, trusting that He will hear us and, and, and work through that and provide. Right? We're crying out to Him. It's dependence upon Him. God, will, will you graciously give here? Will you help in this? Like Jesus said, this is supposed to be a, a, a house of prayer. Instead, you have made it what? A den of thieves. What, what, what did that entail? Well, that entailed um, selling that which God said was supposed to be free. Right? Selling that which is God. And it, and, and it doesn't cheapen it, cheapen it at all. I and mean, when it comes to the gospel, there's nothing cheap about it. 
that ultimate price, as we're saying, is, has already been paid by Jesus Christ. It was a big price. It was, it was you couldn't put a value on it. It talks about you know, the abundant riches here. It doesn't say this was something, you know, just, uh, that was just cheap, that was just, you know, hey, I might as well give this away because it was worthless. It's of tremendous value. But it is not, it's not for sale. Because it's already been paid for. It's already been paid for. All right, so money matters, uh, does matter to God. Let's go over to, uh, to 1 Timothy uh, chapter 6. I just want to give that gospel backdrop to what we're going to look at uh, here just for a few minutes. Because the Bible, you know, it talks about everything that's important to us. And, and certainly, I mean, right now, is the economy kind of a big, big topic right now? <laughs> it is. It's, it's being talked about a lot, isn't it? And, and uh, we're all thinking about that at one level or another, right? Uh, every, time we, uh, when we, every time we drive by a gas station right now, we're, we're probably thinking about it. And uh, let alone we have to pull in and, and, uh, and, and stop at it, right? Um, but, uh, and so money is a necessary thing within the economy of this world. We understand that. And it even talked about there in chapter 5, it says uh, in, uh, in, in 1 Timothy 5, 17, Let the elders that rule well be counted worthy of double honor, especially those they who labor in the word and in doctrine. For the scripture saith, Thou shalt not muzzle the ox that treadeth out the corn. The laborer is worthy of his reward. So there's a biblical principle. Those who labor are worthy of the reward or compensation for that. There is a context in which we are to work. Now, it's not for that which God has already provided for us, right? We're not working for the, for the gift that he's already given us in salvation. But within the economy of this world, there is, there is labor that has to go on. There's another passage that talks about, look, if we want to eat, we should be willing to, to work, right? And, uh, and here, um, as far as the, the, the pastor goes, it says, you know, they, they, are, they are worthy of honor in that regard if you see that they labor in, in the word. They labor in the word and they seek to lead well. Those are the two those are the two things that the Bible specifically mentions right there. Those are the, the major qualifications, that they lead well and that they, that they labor uh, to be faithful to the word and sound, and sound doctrine. And, and so, you know, we, at our church, in order for us to function, in order for us to function in what God, God has called us to do, it does, it does take money. If we're going to run the bus out there to pick up, you know, young people or to use it for the gospel cause, it, it takes, takes money. It takes a little more money today than it did last week. Um, and, uh, you know, so we, we have a giving box. It's totally voluntary. You know, we don't hassle people about giving. We give the opportunity. We mention the needs. And, uh, and the way the Lord works, we believe, is those who, who, who love Him and, uh, and, and, and appreciate uh, the work that we can do for Him, we understand, we all of us understand together that that, that takes money here on earth to, to, uh, to function. And so we, out, of, out of, of a heart for that, we willingly give to that. It's not a pressure thing. It's not of, you know, you're going to be closer to heaven if you give to this church. Um, you know, you're not, you're not buying salvation. It's we're investing in something that we believe in. That's what it is. And so we put a box back there and, and, uh, and, and people put in that. But, you know, the Bible has a balance for everything. It has a balance for everything. And, uh, and so we, the, the title of the message uh, this morning, uh, or sorry, this, uh, this evening, is, uh, is, is Money Matters. Or Money Matters, whichever way you want to put the emphasis there. Uh, so let's have a word of prayer ask the Lord to help us uh, with it. Lord, I pray that uh, just in this few minutes, Lord, that we'd be able to look at some concepts that would be helpful uh, to us all in our priorities and in our emphasis uh, here uh, this evening, especially as, as Christians, Lord, we just want to honor you in every area of our life, Lord, and, and to trust you. 
And we'll thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. First point under uh, money matters is it's a matter of purpose. Let's pick it up in chapter 6. That's where we left off um, last uh, time we were in the, the book here. And uh, in, in chapter 6, picking up at verse 3, it says, If any man teach otherwise, and consent not to wholesome words, even the words of our Lord Jesus Christ, into the doctrine which is according to godliness, he is proud, knowing nothing, but doting about questions of strife and words, where cometh envy, strife, railings, or evil surmisings, perverse disputings of men of corrupt minds and destitute of the truth, supposing that gain is godliness, from such withdraw thyself. Verse 6, but godliness with contentment is great gain. It's a great passage of scripture here. And it's a matter uh, we see here that when it comes to, to gain or when it comes to, uh, to being advanced even, even uh, financially, it's a matter of purpose. Uh, it has a lot to do with where our heart is. And it says there uh, that in verse 5, it says, There's perverse disputings of men of corrupt minds and destitute of the truth, supposing that gain is godliness. And some preach, you know, that if you're a godly person, you're going to be doing really well financially. There's even been, a, uh, I guess, kind of a label that's put to that. It's called prosperity gospel, right? And they'll preach, look, if, if you're... If you're doing what you're supposed to be doing, Christian, and you're really trusting God, you're going to get lots of money and you're going to be healthy all the time. Now, that would pretty much exclude, you know, every character that we see, godly character in the Bible. Because, you know, these godly men that we study about, they weren't, they weren't wealthy. And a lot of times they had physical difficulties. Okay? And, and, and so... There's a balance to everything. We can trust, the Bible says we can trust the Lord to provide our needs. We can trust the Lord to provide our needs. But godliness does not equal having lots of money. And, and anybody that would teach that, you know, the Bible says we, we need to withdraw ourselves from that mindset. We need to withdraw ourselves from that sort of approach. You know, we need to, we need to, we need to not identify with that. We need not be uh, the type of Christians that people look at and say, well, they're just all about money. You know, it's all about trying to get money. They're just, they're, their whole focus is just material gain. And they, they would even say, you know, if you're, if you're doing right, then you're going to prosper wealthy. You're going to have a nicer car, and you're going to have more money in your account, and, and all those things. Um, look, we, 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 tr we trust that the Lord provides, and He is faithful to do so. But equ equating godliness... To, to, to material gain is false doctrine. That's false doctrine. And, and so what is our purpose? Is our purpose to get money? No, our purpose here, it says in verse 6, is to be what? To be godly and to be content. To be godly and content. Now that's the, that's the opposite of what, you know, what the teaching is. If, you, if you're godly, you're going you're gonna to be prosperous financially. I mean, it's kind of the opposite mentality. Well, I guess it's, just, it's, it's, a, it's a different goal, right? Instead, this is the approach of, look, I want to honor the Lord. What, what is the most valuable to me is to walk closely with the Lord and to do what's right in His eyes and to be content, to be content with, with, with what He chooses to give me, to be content with that. And, and so that, that is to be the Christian's purpose. It's to, it's to be godliness. It's to be godliness. And, uh, and, you know, that's a liberating thing. 
Because if the gain, if, if, if the financial gain is the goal, if that's the purpose, then that puts a lot of pressure on. You know, like, like it could be, well, like, what am I doing wrong because I'm not getting lots of money? And so the pressure's on to try to figure out, you know, um, how I got to uh, be a, a, a better person so that God will bless me. That's not, that's not depending upon him. And then, you know, the, uh, the, the pressure is on because when we get into to situations where, uh, like, you know, hey, right now my, my, my car's in the shop again. You know, my, my buggy's got 300,000 miles on it. And, uh, but, but the price, of, of, the price of, uh, of used vehicles right now, it's not really conducive to go. <laughs> it's like, you know, you're, you're better off, I think, you know, to uh, uh, continue to duct tape the old thing together than, uh, than, than buy a user right now. But, uh, but anyways, you know, it's like, it's like a lot of times it just doesn't add up. And, and, and financial things, they can weigh upon you. And you can be consumed by it. Because it's always something, it seems like. Right? If it's not the vehicle, you know, then it's, uh, it's some, other, some other, some health thing or, or some, uh, some, I used to think, once we got a, a chunk of money, that we were getting ahead. Like, we got this chunk of money. Wow, this is great. Now we're getting ahead. And then what I realized was, we got a chunk of money because God realized, you know, God knew there was a big expense coming up and it was going to have to be spent probably in a week or two. <laughs> so, like, you just had to change your mindset on it, right? Um, but this, it's, it's great because, look, it takes the pressure off. If, if we're saying, look, I want to I wanna just, I want to I wanna serve the Lord of my life, and just be content with the fact that he's going he's gonna to take care of things. Work hard. Do everything I can by his grace. And it's all on him. That's a liberating way to live. That really does take the pressure off. Uh, because there's no end to, to the pressures that we can take upon ourselves if we're thinking that, that it's all about financial gain in this world. There's no end to that pressure. They say that even, I mean, they say that, uh, uh, that, that millionaires, that they, they worry and fret more than... I don't know. Maybe we got a few millionaires. Got get some millionaires in the United. They they uh, they uh, they fret and they worry more than uh, than the rest of us do. Now I wouldn't mind like testing that out for like a couple of years to see if that's true, you know. Uh, but uh, you know they they say that the, that the more you have, the more you're consumed by what you have. So I don't know. Uh, but it is great to be a Christian and just be able to to trust God. So what is your purpose? What is your purpose? Is your purpose here on earth to for material gain, or is it to uh, uh, to, to just uh, walk in a, in a godly uh, fashion. The second thing, uh, money is a matter of perspective. And I think that, that the one kind of leads into the other. We're already uh, talking about it uh, in a, to a certain degree. But look at verses 7 and 8. So it says, but godliness with contentment is great gain. That's of great value right there. That's of great value. Now the perspective is this. For we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out. Now, that's pretty bottom shelf right there. <laughs> but, you know, we live, we, live, uh, we live in a culture of entitlement. You know, we just feel that by, just by virtue of the fact that I'm here and breathing in the United States, I deserve to have all these things. And if I see somebody else has it, then I, I deserve to have it too. Right? And uh, they need to come up with a program so that I can get that for free right there. I should have that for free. Right? Um, and well, nothing's free. We know that. Somebody has to pay for everything. And uh, we, we, we do live in a very, we live in, in, a, in a, uh, a very giving, a very generous nation. I believe the United States has, has probably given and helped around the world more than any nation in the history of the world. 
We really are a giving nation. And I think God has blessed us for that. Um, you know, we've given, uh, the, the church in America has given to missions uh, incredibly. God has used us in that regard. Um, but, uh, you know, there is, there is sort of a, 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 there's this mindset that has come becoming more and more prevalent, more and more prevalent all the time. It's a lack of contentment. It's a sense of entitlement. Just by virtue of the fact that I'm here on earth, you know, I deserve everything that I see and that I want. Well, the Bible says that, that we should just have this perspective. We didn't have anything when we arrived here. And we're not going to have anything you know, after we leave. So we should be thankful for whatever we end up enjoying in the meantime. Right? And, uh, and when we think about it, at least I can say this for myself, God has been very good to me. Been a lot of things, you know, that I've, uh, that I've enjoyed over time that God has graciously allowed for me to experience and to have. And, yeah, I mean, sure, if I get looking around, there's, there's things that I'm thinking, man, you know, how, come I, how come they get that and I don't, you know? <laughs> I, mean, I guess it would always be that. But, man, you know, I go, like we're going to, we're going to Mexico here in, in August, and I've been to some of those places that they literally went down to the dry, they go down to the dry uh, uh, stream bed, and after, the, after the, 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 uh, the flash floods come through, there's all kinds of wood and cardboard and, and you know, sometimes uh, metal and stuff that's laying around. And that's what they go and they scavenge. That's what the house is made out of. And it's just, it's just you know, just tacked together. And, and they'll have this one room structure that's just made out of the stuff that they find. And, and there'll be blocks and blocks and blocks, like a shanty town of those types of structures. And uh, the, the odd thing is, a lot of times they seem pretty happy. They're just existing from day to day, and they don't have a lot to worry about, and, and it is, uh, sometimes they seem happier than, than, than we are. But, you know, then I come back, and, and uh, you know, I guess if I, if I look in one direction here in the United States, I think I start to feel like I, I'm pretty, you know, below the poverty line or whatever. But then I go to these places, and I come back, and I'm like, I, I like to live in a mansion, you know. I have plush acreage. I mean, it's, it's over, it'll make you guilty if you don't. On that side, if you just go back, get back to and say, look, you know, the Lord's in charge of all these things. And uh, what he has given me, I just want to look at it as his. I didn't come in with anything. I'm not going to leave with anything. So what he's given me in the meantime, it's his. And he can just use it however he wants to. And that is a liberating way to live. That's a great way to live, wherever you are. And so, but it's a matter of perspective, isn't it? It's a matter of perspective. Money matters, a matter of perspective. And in verse 8 it says... And having food and raiment, let us be therewith content. And, and, and throughout the scriptures, it's like God promises, look, I'm going to take care of you in these, in these two areas. I'm going to sustain you here. I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you something to wear and something to eat. Uh, Christians, you know, God, God will provide what you need for, for you to serve him in the days that he has given you. Uh, and, uh, and so um, those are just a, uh, just a basic matter of perspective there. It's a matter of purpose. It's a matter of perspective. It's a matter of avoiding pitfalls. It's a matter of avoiding pitfalls. Well, look at verse 9. It says, But they that will be rich fall into what? Temptation and a snare. If your goal, your consuming goal is to get more, there's going to be no shortages of temptations and snares with that. You're going to end up compromising a lot of things. You're going to be willing to, you're going to, be willing to, to sell out to something. You're going to be willing to, to compromise your, your integrity. 
There's going to be temptations, things that you, know, that you wouldn't normally do, but because you want to get ahead with the almighty dollar, you're willing to do that thing. They say there's a price for everybody, but that shouldn't be true for the, for the one who's trusting God. Right? That shouldn't be true for, for us. And, uh, and so to avoid pitfalls. It says, but they that would be rich, or those that's their goal, will fall into temptation and snare, unto many foolish and hurtful lusts, which drown men in destruction and perdition. In other words, it'll, it could get them into big trouble. It could ruin their, their lives if they're consumed with uh, getting material things and with, with, uh, with, with, with getting um, rich. And, uh, and, and so it says, for the love of money is the root of all evil. And look, if you were to, to, to just t stop and think about all the examples there are of this, in our society right now, the love of money being the root of all evil. Do you know that this, and I don't even like to think about this, but it's, it's, a, it's a reality. Do you know that, that, that human beings are being trafficked and sold at an incredible rate in our nation right now? For the love of money, they're selling people, kids. You know, what we call, I mean, innocent girls. Children, women being taken advantage of, being sold like commodities. You say, how can a human being do that? Well, look what it says here. It says, uh, which drown in destruction and perdition. For the love of money is the root of all evil, which while some coveted after, they have erred from the faith and have pierced themselves through with many sorrows. What kind of a life do you think somebody lives who sells, um, who sells, a substance that ruins other people's lives, and that's how they choose to, to make their living, by ruining other people's lives. What kind of a life do you think a person will live that will sell other human beings to be used? Don't you think that their life ultimately is just going to be pierced through with many, many... You know, the, life, the life expectancy for people who traffic others and traffic uh, substances which, which are abused by others, they don't, have much of a, you know, they don't have much of a life here on earth. They get a lot, maybe. They, it's like a flash in the pan, right? They get a lot real quick. But, uh, man, it just devastates their lives and the lives of so many others. And, you know, people think that the Bible is, like, out of date and it doesn't, it's not relevant anymore. Uh, believe me, it's as relevant as it gets. And it's, uh, you know, it's on to all of this stuff. God's on to all of it. He sees all of it. Say, why doesn't he stop it? Well, God is letting out an age play out where people have a will and they have choice. The upside to that is they can choose God's way and choose a relationship with Him and choose to accept His gift. The downside is, as you can see, everything else they can, they can uh, choose, right? And, uh, and people, you know, they run after all kinds of stuff. So it's a matter of avoiding pitfalls. And, uh, and, and, and so um, there's a couple of other points here that, that we'll get to, but uh, um, just think about this, you know. If God, if God, if you serve God, if He has your heart, then He has all of you, right? He has all of you. And you can trust Him when it comes to, you know, to your money, uh, to Him providing for you. If he, if, he, if he nudges you to give towards something, then obey Him. Don't hang on, <laughs> don't hang on, you know, tightly to something that will give you a bigger blessing if you let go of it. On the other hand, hey, look, 
I'm I'm in the same boat you are. We need we need we need money in order to, you know, we got to pay our bills. We got to work for what we eat. We got to provide for those that God has has, has uh, uh, given us a uh, responsibility to provide for. And so look, the Bible has the balance to everything, and it'll help us. It'll give us the right perspective. It'll give us the right purpose, and it'll keep us from uh, from pitfalls. And you know, with a message like this, there's so many different ways you could apply it, but. Um, I think, okay, you know, I can trust God. He'll take His word. And he'll apply it exactly how He wants to apply it with, with you, because He knows your situation. He knows uh, He knows what's going on with you and how it can be best uh, um, of help to you. And so, I hope these truths were, uh, were were helpful to you. God's word always is. And if you take nothing else from this, remember that the gospel is not for sale. The gospel is something that God already paid for that he offers to us freely. We have a problem called sin. All of us do. This preacher does. All of us do. It makes us come short of the glorious perfection and holiness of God. And that's a big problem because we're separated from God at that point. He's holy and we're not. And, and, and so this says that the, Bible, uh, the Bible says the wage of sin is death, but it says the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, his son. So that gift is, is, is God making provision for where we fall short. He sees that we're in trouble. He sees that we're never going to be able to work enough to pay that debt or to be holy like he is. So he says, you know, I still love him, and I want to help him in this. I'm going to make a provision, a righteous, holy sacrifice on their part. Somebody who will take the debt for them, will pay the price for them. And if they'll accept that gift, I'll give it to them. I'll give it to them. And if we had to earn it, you know, man, that would be frustrating because I'd never know at what point I'd actually earned it, you know. Like, how much is it going to take? Uh, that would be a frustrating thing. But uh, the Bible says that, 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 God, that God loves us, and uh, he made that provision for us. And, and so we're thankful that God is a giver. And because God is a giver, we can trust him to provide for us as we, uh, as we trust him and honor, and, and honor him. Let's pray. Lord, I uh, thank you for uh, your word.